and welcome to episode 272 of SMARTS, which, as you know, stands for Sudden Mirrorverse Abductions Reveal Troublesome Spread. Spread? Well, it's like an infection. Oh, I suppose. Yeah. Or Snyder Movie Adeptly Removes Theatrical Shame. Oh, very good. I am your host, Julia Gulia of Internet Fame Dash Podcaster, and with me, as always, is... Trevor, a.k.a. Rudiger Q, podcaster. Nice acronym, honey. Nice salute, too. Again, <laughs> audio medium. <laughs> you ready for the news? Yes, I'm ready. So just today, we learned that Black Widow is going to release on July 9th, so huh. a couple months later than the previous release date, uh, and it will release simultaneously theatrically and on Disney Plus for an, an additional fee. Like, Yahoo! Like their other same-day release movies have done. Pajama movie date night. Yes, so we won't have to go. We won't have to brave the virus-riddled yes. theater screening rooms to uh, to see the movie. Yes, that's awesome. That's great. There's also one other bit of TV news. I'm excited about this. So if you I, saw, I guessed you. You told me off mic. Well, hold that on. If I guessed... So so spoilers. There aren't normally spoilers in the in the news, but spoilers okay. for this week's episode of Batwoman. Right? So skip ahead like 30 seconds or something. Well, probably a lot more than that. But yes, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, no, I'm no, I'm telling the listeners to that spoilers are coming, and if they don't want to get spoiled about Batwoman's, episode... I understand. I'm just saying it's probably going to take more than 30 seconds. We've already spent 30 seconds explaining your 30 seconds coming. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what okay. was your prediction? My prediction was that uh, they got Ruby Rose to come back for uh, an appearance in the story. So no. Okay. Although there wasn't there was an interview a couple of weeks ago where she said she'd be open to returning in a in a guest appearance and it, it, who knows it may still happen in a flashback or whatever but no so the end of this most recent episode revealed what certainly looked like a heavily I guess she wasn't bandaged she was covered in like like a mat like yeah she like, looked like she had like facial a like pl- a fa- plaster or something yeah, like a like mask her face was removed. Um, uh, in some like seedy Gotham underbelly area. And, oh, this is this going to be Kate because the whole episode has been like, oh, where is she? And then finally we feel like we get resolution because it's like, oh, she's been they dead all her. along. Right. Um, or at the very least, Sophia doesn't have her. And they found the body parts with the DNA and everything, right. which body parts tend to have. I don't know how they're going to get around that. But then we see this woman, you know, with her face covered and she's got the, the, you know, the red necklace and everything, yeah. right? So, I mean, I guess I don't know for sure that that is Kate, but basically they revealed after that episode aired that... Kate Kane will be returning as a character on the show. However, they will be recasting. Oh. So the the idea is that she was, her face was damaged. And, you know, it's like the soap opera kind of thing. Yeah, right? Her of face course. was damaged. I feel like these shows have got a lot of, like, this person almost died. And so we're going to cast a different actor. Like right. Black Lightning just did yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, Flash just did it with Elongated Man, presumably, oh, kind yes. of, right? Yeah. Um, but no, it's like, oh, she her face was damaged. And so when they, you know, when she heals or whatever, she'll look different. Uh-huh. So she will continue to be, I guess, recurring, a recurring character on the show, but okay. it will still be Ryan's show. It'll just be okay. kind of like, I don't know if she's going to be, she's going to be hanging around and be like a part of the team or if it'll just be recurring this season to kind of wrap up her stories. And then right. we'll, we won't, we'll see her far less frequently because she'll go off to retire somewhere. Who knows? What's interesting, though, is who they cast. Now, apparently, there was after Ruby Rose left the role, which is a hard sentence to say. There was a sort of a fan campaign like, oh, if you're going to recast, choose this actress because I think she, she's got the same sort of facial structure and, and she's already part of the DC family. Mm-hmm. This would be really great. And the actress herself said that she would love to do it. And in fact, that was who they cast and oh. someone you're familiar with. So the actor Wallace Day okay. from Krypton, who played Nissa Vex. 
Oh. The, the sort of platinum blonde woman. Yeah. That's who they've cast. Oh, very nice. She has the very similar sort of thin angular face. And frame too. Um, she's taller though. I don't. I think I mean, she's taller than Ruby Rose. I, I don't. How are they going to explain the extra inches? I don't think you have to worry about that. <laughs> um, but that's who they've cast. So wow. she's going to be recurring this season as Kate Kane. And then who knows if she'll be around forever, if they're going to like gradually phase her out. But it. It's important to note that they're not going to... I mean, I guess they might have her put on the costume one last time for like a one last hurrah kind of thing. Yeah. But it's going to keep being Ryan's show. Mm-hmm. They're not Ryan's getting rid of Ryan out. or yeah. they're not, you know, demoting her to Batgirl or whatever. Mm-hmm. This is just this is just so that they can, you know, she the character can continue to still be a presence because she's obviously a major part of the mythos. And they don't want to just have her disappear entirely with no chance to tell any more stories about her or wrap up her existing character arcs. Right. Now, one might ask, well, if you were going to recast her... Why not just recast her at the beginning of season two and keep Kay Kane as Batwoman? Yes. And so the showrunner talked about that a little bit. And she she sort of said, I mean, that was one thing we, we discussed. We felt that recasting right away would mm-hmm. be disrespectful to Ruby Rose. And also this this gave us an opportunity to explore new stories with the show with a different kind of Batwoman. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Kate Kane is such an important character in the Batman mythos that we didn't want to have her completely absent for mm-hmm. like production reasons. We wanted... You know, after after an appropriate period of respect, to to have the chance to actually tell more stories about her. So this was the compromise they struck. Obviously, as we've talked about before, when they announced that they were, mm-hmm. you know, creating a new character and 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 doing all this other stuff, there's obviously other ways they could have gone. Mm-hmm. But as we've said before, there's no one right answer to this situation. I feel like this is probably a fairly good compromise right because mm-hmm. you can you can have her if you ever if you want to bring her back for another story or like a fun team up or whatever you can have her if you if ruby rose does want to appear again it could be in f- the form of a flashback or mm-hmm. a, a dream or whatever right so you mm-hmm. can still have her in there if you wanted and it and ryan continues to be like the face of the show mm-hmm. so i feel like it's a pretty good compromise all things considered how do you how do you feel about this the, the idea in general and then this this casting particularly i i think this casting in particular is going to be good uh, can, can can Wallace? What's her name? What's her last name? Wallace. Wallace Day. Day Day. How's her American accent? Because she did not have. Well, one probably of about as good as Ruby up. Rose's. What? Ruby Rose is an American. She's like Australian or something, isn't she? No, I thought I thought she was American. No, she's not American. Okay. Well, all right then. <laughs> I was just wondering. Um, and um, no, I I liked the casting. I thought she was great. I thought she was interesting and. Um, I liked her character on that show, even though that that show had a lot of holes in it. Um, that'll be interesting to see. I think they, I think that was like the most respectful thing they could have done too, because you're right. Like the way that the writers have taken the story, they do, definitely don't want to kill off Kate Kane. She's such a uh, an important part of the story, and not only that, but the idea that now um, Kate is experiencing the same thing that her sister experienced in terms of everybody thinks it's that true. she's I hadn't dead. Thought of that, she's yeah. dead. Yeah, I think that would be interesting. But we'll talk about that when we get to the the show segment. Um, so that's interesting news. And also, I think that it's important that um, black wo- black Batwoman stay black Batwoman. You know, don't try to demote her. Well, that's the thing. Is that the, <laughs> obviously, the, the, side, obviously like, the that worst be, thing you could do is cast an actress terrible. of color as the new Batwoman and then shove her aside yeah. after 10 episodes. That would be the worst possible thing you could do. Yeah, <laughs> they that would really, They obviously really were suck. never going to do that. No, good. 
I, I always liked Wallace Day on Krypton. I think especially in the second season when she was just sort of looking after the baby. Yeah. She didn't really have much to do. No, but that I, show had a lot but, of holes but in but it. But I was, I was struck by her immediately. Like, mm-hmm. I thought she had a really interesting presence, a really interesting look. I, I thought she was one of the most, like, immediately, like, oh, I want to know more about her right. characters on the show. Yeah. Because Cameron Cuff was, was, was fun as Segal, but he was kind of like... Just like he was kind of an every like guy. a hunk kind of guy, yeah, you know what I mean? He like was just he didn't exude ordinary. he didn't exude a lot of like oh what an intriguing right. person, right? Right. Like, I'm sure he's a super nice. He seems like a super nice guy, oh, yeah. but you know, and, and the there re- was nothing wrong with him. He and he was a good actor too. I mean, there were lots of complicated. But, scenes but for the him rest to of the do, cast was sort of still. more like stock types, I guess you could say. A little, like, you know yeah. what I mean? But mm-hmm. she had a really inter- like oh like that's an an interesting character for the show and a really sort of an in- interesting performance and so on. Like I I was struck by her immediately. I thought she was one of the. I thought she was the, the like going even after the pilot. I'm like, oh, I think well, this the is the character other, I want to learn. I want to see more of. Well, the two other people that I can put in that category from the show Krypton. I mean, if we're we're so side we're we're sidelining already, but uh, are the two Zod women? Yeah, yeah. Those two women also have a similar kind of presence and allure and and um, mystique about them that I would definitely be keen to see again. In fact, we just saw the Wonder. No, sorry. Uh, we saw the Snyder Cut. No spoilers. Don't worry about everybody. But um, the woman who played um, the mother Zod, she mm-hmm. was in that. She was. She oh, was I didn't that. notice that. Yeah, I totally, I, I totally sniped it. <laughs> anyway, so uh, yeah. No, yeah. I, <laughs> so that's interesting news. I mean, I'm all for it. I think they did a nice job, and it's intriguing, and I'm looking forward to seeing what the writers do with Batwoman, with the show. Yeah. It's a good show. I like it. So should we move on to our comics of the week? Ready. So what was your comic of the week? I chose, wait, I can't remember. And I did it earlier today. Oh, yeah, Nightwing. Um, was it issue number one of this no, new series? No, number 78. <laughs> well, it feels like a new arc, so. Well, it is a new arc. Okay, I got it. Woohoo! There's only so many number ones you can do, though. That's <laughs> true, but I thought it was like Nightwing with like the, the subtitle or whatever. Nope. You know how sometimes they do that. Anyway. Uh, we've got like 14 different types of Batman, and the only way you can tell them apart is by their subtitle. Um, anyway, Nightwing is back, and he is being Nightwing in Bloodhaven Blue again. And the comic opens with him chasing down three guys who are being cruel to a three-legged dog. Um, and I am so <laughs> that was so nice to watch him just wipe the floor with them. That was great. And then there's a flashback, which is nice, of... Um, of him being a younger person who is also standing up to bullies. And the whole thing was like, I don't like bullies. I never did. And that whole ethos of of the core of who Nightwing is, um, no matter what, whether he has his memory or not, like that's always been who he was in his heart. Um, and how, how Alfred saw it, recognized it, and absolutely loved it about him. Um, and respected it and wanted to nurture it so that he didn't have to apologize for standing up to a bully, which was not, which is, I don't know, like the most honorable thing well, that, you could do. That's always the thing. And, you know, forgive me for going off on, on Nightwing here because he's one of my favorite characters. But, I mean, that that's always been, you know, this is, you know, more more insightful minds than me have said this. I'm just cribbing it from them. But of all the people in the Bat family, I guess maybe with the possible exception of Barbara, which is maybe why they have mm. so much in common, Dick was the only one that was kind of born to be a hero. Mm. You know, the mm-hmm. rest of them had it sort of thrust upon them by circumstance or right. they were recruited to it yeah. or saw a need for it that they had to fill, this, you know, despite the life that they wanted to lead. Right, like Tim. But, but or... Dick was always, he was never just going to be a circus performer for the rest of his life. He was going to be... Somebody extraordinary. He was going to be, you know, 
a cop or a firefighter or you know right. a crusading politician or something. He was always going to do something mm-hmm. great with his life, right? Mm-hmm. And Bruce Wayne, one could argue, if his parents hadn't died, he would have just seen a million different alternate reality stories. He would just become like a rich dilettante, right? Sure. You could easily say that. That was never going to be Dick, right? Right. So he's he's he was always if he wasn't going to be Robin, if he wasn't going to be Nightwing, he would have been something. Somebody. He amazing, always would yeah. have been some kind of hero, right? Yeah. That was always who he was going to be. Jason could have met a bad end. Tim could have just easily become some professor or computer scientist right. or something if mm-hmm. he hadn't seen the need for a new Robin. Damien could have easily become some supervillain. Bruce or could have assassin, become a rich yeah. dilettante. Mm-hmm. Barbara, with her father's example, was probably always going to be go into some sort of law enforcement. Heroic work. And yeah. Dick was always going to be some sort of hero, but yeah. not. That's just sort of the two of them. That's sort of what sets them apart from mm-hmm. the rest of them. Yeah. Yeah, I think this was great. I mean, this is Tom Taylor, who we love on the Injustice stuff and uh, Suicide Squad, reuniting with his Injustice and Suicide Squad artistic collaborator Bruno Redondo the for art the was amazing really art good. in this. Yeah, um, so good. This is really just all about setting up a new status quo for him. Mm-hmm. So reestablishing him in Bloodhaven, establishing Barbara as a new supporting cast member in his books, and she's not going to have a series of her own anymore okay. with the line being pared down. Establishing this new status quo of Alfred leaving what we discover his own considerable personal fortune mm-hmm. to Dick. So now Dick presumably has more money than, than Bruce, Bruce Wayne does. Wayne, yeah. Um, oh, and the letter. Oh, give me an Alfred Pennyworth I mean, that's letter Tom, any day. It's like, okay, Tom Taylor's going to yeah. write. Like the, he, he wrote some amazing goodbye and death scenes in Injustice, like all the stuff you hadn't read. So I knew they was going to knock that out of the park as soon as I saw what he was setting up. Um, and establishing... And the, the art, though. The gentle, the gentle thing where she's yeah, giving Barbara's him space to... Yeah, the way Barbara's sitting there, to... she puts her hand on his shoulder at a certain point, and then he rests his on hers. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's one of the reasons so why he's a perfect collaborator for Taylor, is that yeah. Taylor's scripts are laced with these really great little human character moments, and he nails those. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why. I mean, a lot of artists can draw the amazing spectacles, although yeah. I could argue that there's a sort of a a simple sort of serene beauty to a lot mm-hmm. of the shots in this, like Nightwing just sort of flipping through the cityscape and so, so on nice. and silhouette that he's, that there he were times when I just was like, but a lot of artists could do that, but it's that, that sort yeah. of subtle character acting mm-hmm. that there's very few artists that can do. And then setting up the daughter of Tony Zuko as the new, um, blockbuster anointed mayor of Bloodhaven, yeah. and a new potential antagonist, yeah. uh, for Nightwing, uh, is an, is another interesting concept here. And introducing the, the three-legged dog, who I think I just saw on Twitter that DC is running like a fan voting campaign to decide what the dog's name. name is going to be. Ah! <laughs> we should vote. We should vote. Um, so yeah, this is just a great setup. A it, just pucker. a great setup issue. Yeah. Like we talked about last week, how Joker number one was like this is the best first issue. Like really get you hooked on a series like i want to read more of this right away mm-hmm. i think this is right up there with that although it's not an issue number one it might as well be i think this is just a great i think those two are probably the two infinite frontier relaunches that are like wow i just i just give me more of this immediately mm-hmm. you know um so i pick superman red and blue number one this yep. is the superman version of the batman black and white anthology i also enjoyed this one so many yeah. great stories in this one there's the john ridley one at the beginning which is about that was um, my favorite him returning to a country where he was once kept prisoner and powerless and humiliated mm-hmm. and tortured. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the a trauma from there's that. a great there's a one. great line. Oh, in that one, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, well, basically, yeah, him commenting mm-hmm. on the whole the the real life insurrection thing and a million other you know injustices that have been perpetrated by certain people, saying you know it's easy to everybody says move on. It's easy to move on when you're the victimizer and not the victim. Yep. You know, and then like mm-hmm. people say, it's not you can't. There's no real peace. You can't just move on from that. You need it takes justice. You know, you, when only when there's justice can there be peace. Yep. Otherwise, it's just going to be continuing unrest. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there's a great story. I think it's called Superman's Hero or something like that about a little boy who saves Superman's life, and then later they meet again at the Daily Planet. Yep, he lost there's, his hand in the in yeah, the, in the there's, rescue. There's a great story where all the color has been drained from the world by uh, by a fifth dimensional fifth imp, imp, and Superman's given the choice to bring the colors back or not, and it, mm-hmm. it's just you know they're really great playing with the concept of the mm-hmm. colors you know and not just using it as a i mean the first story by john ridley was very visually striking but there's no reason that had to be a black and white and red story that sure. could have been any color palette right yeah. Yeah. so i really like it when they lean into the, Premise. the form yeah yeah really great stories in this one so that's why i picked it yeah so I, should we I was gonna move go on f- to your i was activity? gonna go for that one too yeah anyway so this week, because we watched the uh, Snyder Cut of Justice League. Snyder Cut. I thought Are I Are we would... going to reach spoiler territory? We have to be careful with this. No. It just came out. No, not in this. Okay. So I thought I would quiz you about theatrical version quotes. Oh. So these are quotes that were in Whedon's version that weren't in Snyder's version, and you have to tell me who said them. Well, that's kind of spoilery, honey, isn't it? Because this like ver- some people- The movie's been out for four years. I know, I know, but not everybody has the comparison yet. Not everybody. Who's... I don't think. I don't think quoting a line that is not in a new movie is a spoiler for the new movie, is it? That's this might is getting pretty be. abstract. I don't I think so. Well, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> some people might view it as such. Anyway. I mean, nobody, nobody in the no spoiler alert. Nobody in the new movie says I have a hat made out of pancakes. I'm not sure that's a spoiler either. You know, <laughs> by process of elimination, ninety nine point nine percent of the sentences that might exist are not in this movie. So I suppose everything is a spoiler. All right, all right. Um, that's true. It is a four hour movie. Are you ready for net? That's true. There's more sentences in this movie than there There's are in a lot, lot of other movies. There's a lot more sentences. <laughs> All right. Yes, are you I'm ready? ready. Sure. Number one. What is brunch? Hold on. I'm sorry for the dead air, everybody. I'm trying to think. I feel like... I feel... Brunch. No, I feel, I feel like that's an Ezra Miller line. Is that your answer? Yeah. Yes, correct. All right. All right, you ready for number yeah. two? Mm-hmm. Number two, one misses the days when one's biggest concern is exploding wind-up penguins. <laughs> that is an Alfred line. Yeah, the grammar yeah. there kind of the, yeah, it kind it of sort gives, of it, gives away. it away. Yeah. All right, number three, do you bleed? Oh, well, that was Batman. No, that was Superman. Oh, right. We didn't had it say had it had, had him, him say, say it back, back to Batman. To him. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, number. Are you ready for number four? Yeah. Number four, I really like being alive. <laughs> that's a Whedon line. That's such a Whedon line. Um. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that was Ray Fisher. No. No? That was Superman again. Oh. But it was at the end of the thing. It was... Uh, yeah. It was at the climax, yeah. Right, right, right. When they're, like, very hurt. <laughs> anyway, no. I remember. I remember the scene. I just gave it to the wrong character. Number five. Yeah. I don't even understand the physics of how my toes hurt. <laughs> that is cyborg. Okay. Yes, that's a cyborg. <laughs> yes. Right. And then lastly, number six. A man I used to a man a man I knew used to say that hope was like your car keys. What's the rest of that line? I want to know <laughs> where this is going. Hope is like your car keys. Wait, what is the rest of that line? Well, answer the question. Uh Um, now I'm just kind of fishing for um, the process of elimination. I'm going to say Aquaman. It's just a guess. No, that was Superman again. That was Superman again? Yep. Okay, so what was the rest of the quote? 
A man I used to know is hope is like your car keys. Wait, what? I can't remember the exact quote, but it's something like, you know, you may you may lose them, but they're never far away. You go find that they're never far away or something That's like funny. that. Okay. All right. <laughs> so you got three out of six. That's not bad. That's a fair show. Should we move on to our shows? Um. Yeah, ready. Okay, so we have Superman now and Lois. Now it's spoiler territory, everybody. Superman and Lois, Batwoman, Flash, Black Lightning, and the first episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yes. Okay? Yeah. So Superman and Lois, this one was called Haywire. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess the two main threads here are, you know, Jordan and John continuing to sort of um, deal with the awkwardness of both being on the football team at the same time. Um, the whole... Uh, vote right the the town vote about whether to go ahead with Morgan Edge's proposal. Yep. Um, and Superman being called in by General Lane to uh, to fight um, not David Tennant Kilgrave, mm-hmm. but apparently a different guy named Kilgrave. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with the Superman villain Kilgore. So mm-hmm. I don't know why they. Well, they did they, that, yeah. They, I mean, I guess this is just a I guy. I actually thought it was Kilgore, yeah. I, no, I got confused. Kilgore has appeared on Supergirl already. He's like a computer guy or, yeah, something, I or thought, Flash or something. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it, you continue the threads of him being... There's a nice scene where, where Lois basically takes uh, General Lane to task for yeah. for sort of thinking that he could impose his... Parenting style. Parenting style on, on Clark. On and then their also, nuclear family. also the scene where he tells the kids, you know, your father's, now that you know who he is, you've got to realize how important your father's time is. So basically don't distract him right. with nonsense. Yeah. Right. Um, they don't call him in when probably they should. Yeah. And, you know, a kid almost ends up dying. Yeah. Um, so are we to, are we to conclude from the end? So we find out that Morgan Edge presumably won Smallville because of this vein of, of what I think he calls ex kryptonite. In the mines. He called it yellow kryptonite. Did he say yellow? I thought yes. he said X kryptonite. I know it was yellow, but I thought he said X kryptonite. Because in the comics, I don't think there's any such... Uh, they could invent it, of course, but I don't think there's ever been any such thing as yellow kryptonite, but there is such a thing as X kryptonite. I don't remember exactly what it does. Oh. But, so I thought... I'm pretty sure that's what he said. I we mean, because you've got to give it a color, right? Back. I mean, X is not a color. So if you're going to call it X kryptonite, you've got to give it some color. So sure, they just chose yellow yeah. because it's not one of the usual right. red I was or gonna green ask or black. You. I was going to or... ask you on the show, like, what, what the... Because uh... I know there's gold kryptonite. X kryptonite was the thing in the comics, but I don't. I want to say that X kryptonite was the one that did a different thing every time. Oh. No, oh, that no, was... that was red. No, that was red kryptonite. What did X kryptonite No, do? red kryptonite makes no, 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 person... no, 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 no. You're thinking of when it's used... Now in the shows, oh, yeah. Smallville, and then eventually other shows made ex- made red kryptonite into the thing that basically makes you lose your inhibitions or turns yeah. you know, whatever. But that was an invention of the shows. In the comics, oh. red kryptonite I think was the one that did something different every time. Oh, it was okay, like okay. really when the writers didn't have any idea what to write that much. Like, well, <laughs> he gets exposed to red kryptonite, and now whatever happen, whatever happen. we want can happen. Yeah, X kryptonite was a thing, but I don't remember what it did. Anyway, it doesn't really matter here. Are we to assume that basically it's like like Smallville, the show, not the town, not the ville, um, where it's this ex kryptonite that gave what's his name, the other football player, the power, and so this yeah. is like kind of like in the show Smallville, like there's kryptonite there, and it's giving turning people into metahumans. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. It feels like they we've seen we saw ten years of that on Smallville, <laughs> but they need some. Well, I guess they don't really need. I mean, I guess that they wrote themselves into this, right? I mean. You don't need a reason why, because he's, unlike in Smallville, he's Superman. He goes all over the world. You sure. don't need a reason why there's people in Smallville that he has to fight or that the kids have to stop. No, but I guess there you do- is. You know why? I can think of one reason. 
because that's where the ship crashed. And so whatever crashed. I'm not, with I'm not him saying. Like, I'm not saying there's. I'm not saying there's not a logic for why there would be kryptonite there. I'm just wondering. I'm just saying in Smallville, the show, mm -hmm. the reason why they came up with the idea of meteor freaks was because Clark lived in Smallville. He wasn't going anywhere else, and they needed people for him to fight. Sure. On this show, Superman goes all over the world. He do, there's no reason to write in a reason why there's there's weird metahumans in Smallville that he has to fight. Because as we see in this episode, he could go to Metropolis in five seconds mm -hmm. or to China or wherever, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you don't really need you don't really need villains for the boys to fight like, to yeah. investigate and fight. No. Um so I guess it's more there just to be a reason why Morgan Edge is interested in the town. In the town. Mm -hmm. And then I think he has a line where like, oh, we can use this to like resurrect other people or whatever. So maybe he he's, said resurrect so maybe he's an like, army. Yeah. Is he like, is he bringing dead Kryptonians back to life? Is he, is he bringing humans back to life? But, but giving using them to powers? imbue them with metahuman yeah. powers? Yeah. I don't know. But uh, uh, that would explain why they're loyal to him. Because obviously if you come back from the grave, you're going to have... And maybe it brings Some them back as like mind controlled zombies or could whatever. Could be, we don't yeah, know that either. too, yeah. Um, there's a, there's a lot of great Lois and Clark stuff in here where she asks for him to come to the town hall thing to vote, but he's busy being Superman. Yeah. She's mad at him, but she's mad at him and not in a, in a way that is not typical CW melodrama, but in a way yes. which is very adult. Where she's like, "Look, I know that you had something more important to do. I'm, I, you know, I'm an I, adult enough to realize that, but that does, but I can't help how I feel. And right now, I feel like I'm not." A, high, a very high priority for you and I know that's petty and I know it's unfair but that's just how I feel mm -hmm. right so I'm gonna go have a drink with Lana yeah right so <laughs> I'm not mad at you I, although I, I am a little bit I'm more just like you know I'm just kind of mad in general so mm -hmm. I'm, I'm gonna go have a girl's night out and we'll talk about this right it's not mm -hmm. like I'm mad at you 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 yep. betrayed me I'm gonna storm out of right here. exactly none and of this later, one dimensional this then is later they have the lovely scene where he does up the barn mm -hmm. with all the lights and everything to reassure her that you are the first thought in, in my in my every morning yeah. and the last but then he has to, to go, go to again I know but instead of having a shot in her where she's like oh boy here we go again she's like she's completely cool with it she blows him a little kiss after mm -hmm. she's left you know like that's mm -hmm. That's that's the way their relationship should be. I mean, this, you can write them as interesting three dimensional characters who aren't who aren't one hundred percent simpatico all the time, right. but yet still have a loving, supportive marriage. Exactly. The comics have been doing it for decades, and people who say that oh, you know, they shouldn't be married because it drains all the, removes the possibility for any kind of drama or conflict. Mm -hmm. A probably have <laughs> probably have never been married or been in a long term relationship. Yeah. Um, and B, you just don't have very good imaginations, right? Because yep. you can write all sorts of you know. Mm -hmm. all, all sorts of interesting stories. Yep. Do you have anything else to say about, about this one? Um, let's see. There, we covered a lot of ground. One thing that I actually thought it was kind of a refrigerator moment because the reason why Lois couldn't print the article, this was great too, because she and her editor had a really nice scene together where the editor was just freaking out. And, and Lois herself says, I can't be litigated from here until the bankruptcy, you know? Yeah, she based, she, her contract apparently has a non-compete clause in there. Some which sort is not of un, a thing. Which is not uncommon. Right. Um, but I thought of a way around this. <laughs> well, At the town hall she could reading, write under a pseudonym. She could, she could write under a pseudonym. She could have given the article to her editor and given the byline away, um, which obviously would need to be proven at some point. I mean, that would come back to haunt her because obviously I don't think that would hold up very well. But um, what else? I think that the smartest thing would have been to read the article or at least pieces of it, the pertinent pieces of it at the town hall meeting. I mean, who knows how the language and I mean, Yes, I suppose, but I imagine there's all because sorts there's of a like big difference between but there's a big difference between slander and libel, and not only that, but um, neither can be litigated against if it's true. Yeah, I don't think that makes that doesn't make for very scientific television. I know, nor for a very scintillating town meeting. Now you're all going to sit here 
people that are already have a bone to pick with me. Yeah. And wait for for an hour and a half while I read you this <laughs> this long. It wouldn't be that much. That I, I mean, but it, I, if she hit some bullet points, like listen, like you guys may think that I didn't publish a piece because I didn't have anything. The fact is that I'm under legal obligation not to print the piece because of mortgages, yeah, supreme not... legal whatever. Here are some facts that I can read aloud because that doesn't say anything in my contract that I can't read things to you. So, um, and then and then just go into a list of whatever she was going to publish in the first place. I think that would have been cool. I don't know. <laughs> it was one one thought that I had. I was like, oh, but she could have got she could have done this. But that's because I really want her to win, and I know that that's what the show is supposed to make me do. But and maybe she didn't think of it. I don't know. So I don't know. I'm just retconning it in my brain <laughs> a little bit much because I'm enjoying the show so much. Anyway, that's all I had to say about that because you covered everything else. So we talked about Batwoman quite a bit already. Yes. I think I think it's interesting here how they. I mean, obviously they. They subverted at the end. Yeah, they did. But I think the idea that ev- that everybody's come to the island hoping to find Kate for one reason or another, and then the big revelation is that she's dead, right? Mm-hmm. Which is kind of what I assumed they were going to do all along. Yeah. Because um, it, you know, that's how you sort of wring maximum drama from it, right? Sure. If, every- if everybody grad, if everybody in Gotham gradually comes to accept that she's dead, that's not very dramatic, and and you right. know electrifying right. but if everybody you know lays if all the forces converge on this island and there's big explosions and stuff and then it, then it's revealed that she's dead and then you know everybody has their own moment of drama from that then that's a bit more you know yeah and and scintillating yeah entertaining yeah. television but then we get the reversal at the end that apparently she isn't and so where is she um does she like does she have amnesia is she going to reveal well, how right. long when will she reveal herself to to the others um yeah. Yeah, that's going to be fun. I love the Alice and Ocean stuff, and I love the, the Coriana stuff. Like I was kind of over else. the Ocean stuff after a while. A like little bit. Just, I, feel, I felt like but they kind of dragged that out a little bit. I, they didn't drag it out too much. They, I mean, he's, you know, the, the he multiple was, scenes, though, the multiple scenes when he's lying, uh, when the first corpse is lying on the table, I was over that because I was like, okay, get to the point. Well, that, that, had, some, long, that had some tension for me because you're like, oh, is she going to figure it out or not? Right. It's just that he's kind of like a, like a, kind of a nothing character for me. Mm-hmm. Like he's not, he doesn't really have any three-dimensionality at all i liked him i he's he's entertaining enough to watch but he's not like an interesting character or whatever it's like oh he's he lived he grew up in this island and he wants to leave the island and that's like his whole character basically <laughs> <laughs> so you're, i'm like okay like wrong. i don't really care whether has, this guy lives or dies really uh, yeah maybe maybe yeah um, I, I like that Alice was forced into a choice like that and I love that it's tearing her up inside and I love the interactions between her and Batwoman because Batwoman has such a good read yeah, on those, her. Yeah, those scenes were those interesting. Those scenes were so good and she sees the humanity in Alice and she says something so great is like she you won't actually kill her because for everything else like you actually do believe that it's not your fault and you, you're not wrong because you're not right but you're not wrong because there's something in you that says to me that you're a victim of somebody and the moment you kill your sister that will be your fault and you don't want that to happen i was waiting for them to call that back at the end when she's being dragged away by sophia's goons and sophia gets her big moment of last word in where she's like um where where alice calls her a monster yeah and she's like i may be a monster but i created you what does that make you i was waiting for her to say a victim just to call oh, back to the earlier conversation yeah. with Ryan. Because the implication is if I'm a monster, I created you. You must be a monster too. So right. I was waiting for her to say, no, I'm just a victim. That's all I've ever been, right? Yeah. To call back to to show that, that she had taken great. to heart what Ryan had said. That would be so good. Yeah. Um, 
But I think I, I think like that. What she I would do the roses. What I would do now uh-huh. is I would move. I would accelerate Alice's redemption arc in the short term to make it seem like she's on the cusp of of becoming something new. Yeah. Only to have her learn at the worst possible moment. Like this isn't just me writing the melodrama in my head. Maybe this isn't the best way to do it, but it's what I could see them doing. Only to have her learn at the worst possible moment that Kate is alive. And now the now the the worry is, oh, will that drag her back to her old behavior? Does mm-hmm. that just renew her old grudges? She had just finished moving past Kate and and maybe past her hate and her her anger and everything to become yep. maybe even a good person again. Yep. But now that Kate's back, does that just set her back? Right, right. right. That's maybe what I could see them doing, huh. depending on how long they want to wait before Kate's survival is revealed to all the other right. characters. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So Flash, this one was called Mother. This was the, uh, I guess, the conclusion to the whole um, Eva right. mm-hmm. Mirror Monarch, I guess is what we're calling her no. uh, storyline. Mm-hmm. I liked a lot of this one. Uh, the ending felt a little anticlimactic for me because it was basically like, I like that I liked it on on Flash, on some of the shows. Like Flash, I guess Supergirl does this sometimes too where they can reach they the can villain. Like appeal to the mm-hmm. good side of the villain. Um, I like that too. But it does it does kind of sometimes make it seem a little anticlimactic. You spent like a se- and like well, especially since we had to wait a year. That they can't reach. I know, but especially since we had to wait a year to see the conclusion for this storyline. Yeah. The way it ends up being basically like, oh, Iris talks her down, and then they kind of do like a Care Bear stare. Well, that's because <laughs> then everything is okay. If after a year of waiting for like the big climax, it yeah. felt a little underwhelming to me. But I, and that's not really their fault. Like I think if this had come I think that's in the normal production order, I think it maybe would have felt a little bit more natural. But it, it felt a little underwhelming to me here. There's still a lot of good stuff in this one. I, the the stuff about Iris, I don't know. Like they kind of lost me a little bit with the logic of this. About like wait, does, why does does Iris have a connection to the Speed Force because she had no, speed that one the time? Oh, oh, that, yeah. I'm like, but it, the Speed Force didn't die because energy can't die. I mean, I understood that. But then why did it, li- why did it, it lived in her somehow? Why her? I mean, there's a bunch of other people, Barry, foremost among them, that must have a deeper connection to the Speed Force. Mm-hmm. Why did it live within her? And then they're like, oh, she's always been my lightning rod. And it's like, yeah, but that doesn't, that's just a thing you say. That yeah. doesn't mean that that's why the Speed Force lived in her the the closest thing that i could say is that he's the cosmic avatar of love and something that he loves no (laughs) oh of course they said that's all i could say comic books you're right this is all comic they did bring that back they They did they did and there was a reason for it i feel like they really back solved for that though right they're like we said he was the cause we said well you say cosmic avatar of love makes it sound even dumber than it already was and it already (laughs) sounded pretty dumb but the proper terminology is the paragon of oh the paragon he's the paragon of love ergo the person he loves is where the speed force went. Like that was their logic. I'm I not sure know. that makes any kind of sense. <laughs> no. Like even even in these shows, I feel like they because there's like a scene where like there was a 30 seconds where the character said a lot of words, and yes. the end result of which is speed I, force Iris, and Iris. Iris can supercharge, and I guess the hell with you, all the wells. You sacrificed yourself, yeah. all of yes. yourselves, for this thing that gave him speed for one episode, and yep. we're like, no, we're shutting that down. <laughs> Because it took away <laughs> his bad, emotions. Too bad I for guess. those guys. Those guys all died for nothing. Yeah. Um, I guess to be fair, I had thought about this and like, wait, doesn't that completely invalidate the well sacrifice? But then I remember technically, them giving Barry back his speed was what allowed him to get her out of the mirror universe, which then allowed her to restart the speed force. Yes. So they wouldn't that have won sense. if it weren't for the well sacrifice. It's just a little bit less direct <laughs> than it yeah. was before. That's that's a very um, good assessment. Yeah. So I guess that that works. I mean. I'm okay with, I don't know, like, there's a whole contingent of the fans, that the fandom that feels like Iris is given too much 
not that not that she shouldn't be a prominent character on the show, but that the show keeps finding new ways to make her like cosmically important. Yeah. When she doesn't have to be cosmically important, she can be an important character in the show like Lois Lane is in a Superman show without having giving her a whole bunch of different powers and making her cosmically important and having her be the reservoir of this like you don't need to do all that. She can yeah. just be a, an awesome reporter and a really strong female character and his wife and a potentially a mother and all these other things mm-hmm. and a boss and all these other, and a daughter, right? Mm-hmm. She can she's already a very well-rounded character. You don't have to keep adding on stuff to her to remind the audience why she's the most awesome yeah. person ever. Yeah. So while I don't completely agree with that segment of the fandom, and I, I think there's like a little bit of the fact that maybe some of those fans don't really like the fact that there's a strong black character on the show, which yeah. I feel like you're really watching the wrong show if that's the case, because about three quarters of the show is are people of color. Um, then, you know, I think there's an element of that there, but I do, I do sort of kind of understand where they're coming from because like in the Flash comics, the idea of, of the love interest being the lightning rod that would like if the flash got lost in the speed force she would be what would pull him back that was a wally and linda thing because the concept of the speed force didn't exist until after wally became the flash mark wade invented that for his right. wally West flash run um oh interesting. but but so okay. so linda was so that was a cool thing that they shared and they've given it to barry and iris here which is fine but the comics never felt the need to make linda this cosmic avatar of anything Mm-hmm. She was just, you know, she was a she was a reporter and she was a wife and a mother and she was a med student later and she learned, learned all about all the science so that she could help their so that she would know how to help their kids when their kids started developing powers and she was a great character. Um, they didn't need to add all that stuff on right. her. So I kind of feel like maybe there's an element of that going on here. But I mean, she's been on the show for seven years. You you need to find new things to do with her. And also like the first few seasons, I really feel like they didn't do that much with her. Yeah. And so maybe they're trying to sort of like compensate now and, and make her more and more prominent. So I can understand that. Right. And I, I don't be right. Like I, I like the actress. I like the character. I just, there's sometimes when they, when they're like, oh, now she's got mirror powers and now she's the, the reservoir of the speed force. And now she's, I'm like, there's a lot of, a lot of things to add on there. Anyway. Um, but I think, I think uh, the idea of having, so this new, Wells has left already, but I imagine we're going to be seeing more of him. Mm-hmm. But it's it's the it's the original Harrison Wells that has been, I guess, resurrected by the universe as a way of cosmically balancing out the fact that all the other Wells are gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and he can also time travel for mm-hmm. some reason, or it's not so much that he can time travel; it's that he kind of like, or, or maybe it is. I don't know. I feel like sometimes they were saying like he's a time traveler. Other times they were sort of saying like he, he kind of exists along his entire timeline like he can see it all or has seen it all already because mm-hmm. there's elements here of where he like he already knows what's going to happen to the characters right and he mm-hmm. kind of gives Barry a bit of a hint when he says you know you were the paragon of love for a reason run towards love is what he said right mm-hmm. um, then he also says run Barry run which I feel like yes. they say at least once every two episodes I know <laughs> um, so that's I mean it's a cool concept for a Wells and if this were like the last we saw of him it would be kind of fitting like we've come all the way back around to the beginning and now he gets to go mm-hmm. be with his wife um, so yeah. but I, I gotta feel like we're gonna see more of him because he's I still a regular so. on the show yeah. and then at the end you called this and I didn't at the end they, they flash back to when the speed force was reactivated and all these different colored lightnings fly off into the sky mm-hmm. um, and I, I'm like oh okay I guess we'll see what that is but you you and I'm, I think you must be right, although I haven't read any interviews or whatever, but it seems like that's probably the different forces being activated. Mm-hmm. Um, so we could see uh, the still force, the sage force, and the strength force, which allows them to bring in. Because I feel like every season, they've got to have some new... 
every season has to have a new hook, right? And it's mm-hmm. usually like a new reason to have new powered characters show yeah. up. I don't know why they always feel the need to do this. Like the comics don't every year or whatever. The comics don't, oh, here's this new thing that gives a bunch more people powers. Yeah. No, you just, you can have new characters show up and old characters. You don't have to have a new power giving event every year. Right. But it's like, oh, first it was the particle accelerator explosion. Then it was the bus metas. Then it was the people that were activated yeah, by the, the I'm thinker. Just saying, and then like, it was, were there only like a handful of people that got meta powers from the particle accelerator explosion? Like well, you could milk of, that for a long time. Well, they time, did. And, you know and every mean? so often, and in Eva, right? Like yes. even just, like, I guess she was last season, not this season, but she was created. The mirror yeah. Eva was created by the particle right. accelerator. She was in that mirror universe for six years since yes, the particle accelerator exactly, exploded. Yeah. Um, but this would be interesting because it would allow them to. It would allow them to do like, although maybe this is beyond the budget of the CW, but I mean, the comics did the whole Force Quest storyline where Barry traveled the world, yeah. finding. The, I'm not sure you could do a whole travel the world storyline. Well, that was on weird the too because there's w- only so many places you can make look like either the city of Vancouver or the woods of Vancouver. Well, no, <laughs> hang on a Vancouver. sec, because they at least know. I mean, we at least know that they have the set of 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 a Buddhist monastery where um, where the younger Flash was working. The the kid Flash was was. Uh, I guess, a, but I think that was probably break. just like one little shrine set, and the rest was probably like CG and map paintings and something. I don't think well, they built. They, did, they didn't done. build the whole temple, so no, I can't see them but... doing a thing where he goes to Colombia, and then a thing where he goes to you know where 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 did he find the um the Sage Force user? Remember. It was that one country that's like a real like that's run by criminals. Basically, it's one of the fi- fictional <laughs> one yeah. of the real world countries that's run by criminals. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's the, the USA circa 2016 <laughs> to 2020. No, yes. um, <laughs> it's uh, it was one of the fictional DC countries. That's like the whole idea is that this is like a supervillain safe yeah. zone. Like it's all the supervillains come there. Yeah. Um, and that was where he found that one guy that was like a bit of a, a bit of a cheat, but ended up having a good heart, and he had the Sage Force or whatever. Yeah. So I mean, but I can't see them doing a whole globe trotting storyline here. So yeah. it'll probably just end up hitting a bunch of people that are in Central City. <laughs> probably. We'll see. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe this will maybe this will give him a chance to bring back Aaron Douglas as the turtle. Yeah. Because although he mm-hmm. wasn't particularly memorable in that role, he was fantastic in Battlestar Galactica. So I'm happy to see more of Aaron Douglas. Yeah, me too. Um, so Black Lightning. This was the Book of Ruin, Chapter Two. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember what what all. Because we watched this like a week ago. Now I'm trying to remember exactly what happened. Well, we forgot. I'm sorry about the flash, but we forgot to mention the Joe and Cecile stuff. Because Joe was ready to sacrifice yeah. himself for the for for. To, that that to... didn't land for me at all. It's like no. So she was taken. They were they were holding off all the mirror guys. Yeah. Then she got taken into the mirror universe. Or did she? Because she was still in the vent. Remember, he stuffed her in the vent. So it could have. Yeah, just but been... then Mirror Cecile That's came out. True. You can't get a Mirror Cecile and, uh, without so the, capturing Cecile. Without okay. the real. And well, so, but all of a sudden, that causes him to like give up. Well, no, that would make, just make him fight harder to get her out of there. He maybe. wouldn't give up and choose to go be with her. That's completely against his character. Yeah, and then they're reunited true. after being apart for like five minutes, and they have this incredibly tearful reunion, like yeah. they've been separated for a year or something. Well, like, that it entire, was scary. That entire yeah, but there's, that happens know, to I them every it. week. That, that entire <laughs> that just that whole thing felt like we want something for those characters to do in yeah. the episode so yeah. they're not completely absent so let's do the thing where they get separated and then reunited and have a tearful reunion and that that didn't land for me at all i mean the actors did a good job but that whole thing just felt super contrived and not i like that didn't Cecile got to play characters. um to play like an evil version of herself i think that must be fun for an actor yeah for like 10 seconds yeah and still. then she was like that that did not like if you want to do a thing where she's replaced by a mirror which they already did with iris or the thing where where she's lost and joe is worried about her and you wanted like you milk that for a few episodes but have them having them be separated and reunited in like back-to-back scenes yeah and then have the music swell like this is some like when barry and iris were reunited after almost a year apart yeah that was one thing but this has been it's like two scenes it's like yeah. i didn't 
Didn't land for I you. Didn't, land didn't for work you. So, for me. So what happened? Uh, in, what happened in Black Lightning? Um, Black Lightning. So we get some more content. Oh, the stuff with all the stuff with Jennifer. Jen, yeah. Right. That's the main thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we both remarked after the episode was over that I thought this new actress, whose name I, I suppose I'm going to have to learn. I don't know it now. Um, did a really good. Obviously, she looks physically is very different than the mm-hmm. original actress, but she really nailed her vocal mannerisms and facial she mannerisms. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you'd turned off the picture. And played it for me. I, I'm not sure I would have, like, if you told me that if you'd said, "Is this a different actress or the same actress?" I probably would have said different actress because just the voice is not exactly the same. But if you played a clip for me and said, "Okay, which character from the show is this?" Yes, yeah, I definitely. <clears throat> and, and you didn't tell me there was a new actress. I would have been like, "Oh, that sounds like Jennifer. Maybe the actress has got like a cold or something." Yeah, but that sounds like that's definitely Jennifer, right? Yeah. But I, I would. I don't think I would have guessed it was a different actress unless you told me so. I would have just said, "Oh, maybe she's like something. There's something a little different about her voice." But I don't think I ever would have guessed it was a different actress. So she really, she really nailed that. Mm-hmm. I think they did a good job here of having like a, a range of reactions. Like a lot of the family gets on board pretty quick, but Jefferson has a hard time dealing with it because yep. he's sort of like stuck in his ways and yeah. transigent a lot of the time. Yeah. He kind of comes around by the end. Um, Tobias Whale is running for mayor. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. What else in this one? Yeah, I think uh, that the main stuff is just the Jennifer stuff, right? That's the biggest stuff, yeah. Lynn is having some serious addiction relapse, though. She's like, oh, and, and Lynn and uh, Jefferson had an interesting scene because it turns out that um, I think Tobias laid a trap for him with the blood work that he had his assistant give to Lynn um, for ALS treatment right so she definitely has the als gene but she also has a meta gene so how was that a trap though because it was it was a trap because it makes lynn want to investigate the meta gene part mm-hmm. of it her because they also um somebody somewhere uh she's killed, already... no killed the uh killed the mayor killed the original mayor with a magnetic magnetic bullet do you right. remember this was that her though does but she have magnetic powers? But or? that's exactly what their question was. That's what they want to find out. That's what they want to find out. And so the only way to do that is to synthesize another serum for a human to take, which presumably would be Lynn, because I don't know. she has experience that's, with that, and a, then to discover what the power that's a is. Pretty, that's a pretty complex, all-over-the-place plan, even for Tobias Whale. Like, I'm going to murder the mayor and then send my metahuman assistant, who happens to have ALS, to Lynn... So that she will wonder whether she is the person who killed the mayor and then dose herself with metahuman powers and then dot, 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 profit. Right. profit. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so, not sure where it's going. I don't going, know. You know. I don't think those but two things. But Tobias are, is playing a, a game of chess. I think of the some murder kind. of the mayor is so that he can become mayor. And the thing he's, the, the sort of the, pup, the pulling Lynn strings are completely right. separate part of his plan. I'm sure it'll all coalesce in the end in some master plan but i don't think that they're the two are as tightly related well i'm just excited that. to see where it goes because he's got a lot of uh what do you call it a lot of pokers in the fire is <laughs> that a the, thing what's the saying a lot of pans in the a lot of irons in the fire yeah a lot of irons in the fire <laughs> a lot of pokers he's playing in poker in the fire <laughs> yes oh well you understand my meaning you take my meaning um yes he has a lot of irons in the fire i knew there was something i was missing um I just I like to see a clever bad guy be clever and bad. And I think that there's something disingenuous about the sample that he pulled from 
the secretary. Yeah, assistant. I don't know where he's going with that. I'm just not. I'm just not I sure. I think it's either a trap she doesn't have ALS or she doesn't have metagenes. Something in there is false. Well, Lynn confirmed that she did have ALS. So unless well, he's that, falsified no, the results, she somehow. confirmed that the sample had ALS. Yeah, but the sample was taken from the patient that was right in front of her. You she could have pulled a sleight of hand or something. Uh, like there's something that she went in there I to do. I don't know. Do. I think like, you might I, be reading too much into it. I, I don't think, know. I, think I don't he, think I am. I don't think I am. I think she could, she she somehow tainted the sample, or she took something that gave her, or like gave her blood, pr- to made her blood present in a way that is not uh, true. I don't know. Something something's fishy. I'm you don't need to trick fishy. her into investigating metagenes, though. Her, she's she's the head of an entire institute that's sole purpose is to investigate an experiment yeah. with metagenes. I thought it was interesting that they that uh, she and Jefferson had a fight because. Um, after all of this, <laughs> never seen uh, that no, before. I know, right? Yeah, no, about about addiction, and again, never seen that before. But um, Lynn is trying to be on the bandwagon. Yeah, but that was this one worked more for me because it was totally in yeah. character for him. Like he's he's to, like part of the part of the part of what makes him a flawed character is is a his like my my way or the highway attitude. Yeah, but also, but people who have that attitude can often be hypocritical it's because true. yeah, they can't like. You can't hold everyone to that standard, and you can't hold yourself to that standard. So nope. he, he's going to make mistakes and do things, and then uh-huh. say, "Oh, well, do what I say and not what I do." Right? You know, or or it's okay when I tell you to do something, but you can't do it on your own because when you're doing it on your own, you're not doing it my way or with me, right? right like you're not right. part of my team. Yeah. And so I felt like that was in character for yes. him. Yes. Yeah. That's definitely true. And he wouldn't. He wouldn't do that. And it, it is insensitive, but he wouldn't. It, he wouldn't suggest that if it was anybody other than Tobias Whale, right? Yeah. So, Who's That's an imminent too. threat to their entire family? Like I can see his side of it. He's like, yeah, it is a risk, and I understand. I'm asking a lot of you, although he definitely could have broached the topic a bit more sensitively. Yeah. Um, but it's like if we don't find some way of taking this guy down now, he's going to destroy our entire family and our city, yeah. right? Yeah. So it, it is pretty pressing. Um, so the premiere of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So this was apparently the the high enough. You have you don't have ratings, obviously, when it comes to streaming services. The most watched, the most streamed um, premiere in Disney Plus history, which. Mm-hmm as a service is only a little over a year old and really it's only in competition with Mandalorian season one, Mandalorian season two and WandaVision. I would imagine those are the only four. I mean, Oh, this new series about the lions in the Disney parks is not, is not going to (laughs) compete with those. So those are really the only four ones in contention. Apparently this was the highest one. It surprises me a little. I would have thought maybe Mandalorian season one, but, but I guess, I guess the longer you go, the more subscribers they have. Right. And so that will tend to like inflate the later premiere numbers because there's more, there's a larger pool of people. Right. Um, WandaVision probably primed the pump by getting all the Marvel people to subscribe or resubscribe if they hadn't already. And now this is like the big follow-up. So, um, yeah, I thought this was really good. I mean, if, if I had one critique, it would be that it, it started really strong. Like, I don't need I don't need wall-to-wall action. And part of the remit of these TV shows is to spend more time fleshing out some of these more supporting characters as characters in ways that the movies didn't have time to do because they didn't have their own movies, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, witness the fact that Wanda got more screen time in one episode of WandaVision than she had in five years' worth of movies, right? It's true. Um, but I do feel like... The latter half of the episode dragged for me a little because it was it was mostly just scenes of Sam with his family and Bucky in a bar a and then Bucky on a date. Yeah, and it's like like it was interesting and well written, but I could have used maybe like one more action beat near the end or something, just something to kind of like 
or, or around two thirds of the way through. Yeah. And I think they, I think the idea structurally was that that whole sequence with Sam's friend trying to like infiltrate the flag smashers and then getting beat down yeah. was kind of supposed to be the, you know, kind of like bump. perk you up a bit two thirds of the way through, mm-hmm. but that was so brief and, you know, like I don't really care about this guy yet. I've only met him for like two minutes. Yeah. So that didn't really do much to, to that didn't really I, land for me as much, but but otherwise, I think it was really strong. I mean, it's obviously great to learn more, but we learn more about Sam in this one episode than we have in the whole thing, right? There's his family situation, his family history. Yep. Um, it's great to see that Bucky is kind of, is is doing like the 12 steps kind of thing. Like yes. he's going around and making amends. I saw someone say that it's kind of cool that the idea that he's got this notebook that he's crossing off is, A, I saw a lot of people say, so is he basically, is this basically like Sebastian Stan starring in a remake of My Name is Earl? But also, did you ever watch that oh, show? Oh, yes. Um, that's right. But but it's also reminded them a little bit of when Steve had a notebook that uh-huh. he would cross, like yes. things that he had to catch up on. So yes. it's kind of like mirroring that. Like these are both things that they have to do. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, but so that's interesting that they had this the flashback and it's how we see Bucky for the first time in the show. Yeah. So at, at first you're a little thrown off. You're like, wait, Whoa, is this present? Is, is this yeah. present day? But then you're like, oh, well, but his hair is too long and he's got the wrong metal arm. If you look really closely, right. it's not like the gold laced one he got from Wakanda. It's the original yep. Hydra one. Mm-hmm. Plus, you know, he's going around murdering people. But if it's like, oh, did he relapse in some way? Is he being controlled again? Right, like you yeah. could be fooled into thinking that, although I wasn't really fooled. Um, he kills this this kid and we're yep. like what's what's that going to be and then like, yeah, later we damage. see him hanging out with this old guy mm-hmm. in a bar and i'm like at first i'm i'm like wait okay who because my mind is trained to be like okay which character is this right yes at first i'm like oh because there was a character i don't remember his name but he, there was a one of the member of the one of the members of the howling commandos which was Stephen bucky's like unit in world war ii you know with dum dum dugan and those other characters yep. there was a guy there who was japanese mm-hmm. so i'm like oh is this him is this him like 70 years later or yeah. 80 years later or whatever? But I mean, he'd be like 120 or something, yeah, but it, maybe. But no, it was just that was just me trying to like, okay, law of conservation of characters, right? Like which old Japanese guy in the Marvel Universe is this? There's not that many, right? Yeah. Um, but it ended up being like it's just A the father character. of this yep. other guy. Mm-hmm. And then it's Bucky. You know. We didn't know. He just thought we just yeah. thought it was part of me wonders like neighbor. is the date is the date scene like that's that's good for like a, setting up his character, but is that going to go anywhere? I mean, maybe I'm just maybe I'm being a little too uncharitable. That felt like just like stuff like let's give sure. Bucky stuff to do it just felt like the pacing felt a little weird in the sense that this is six episodes yep. so we're six of the way through it now and the two main characters haven't even met up yet yeah and we haven't really had what I feel like is the inciting event like yeah the I flag the smashers inciting... are out there and Hold his, on, his friend think... got beat down a yes, little bit but I think that well first off I really love the stuff with um Falcon and his sister and the loan and I like all that stuff yeah. it's just that I felt like I thought all of that character I wouldn't want to lose is, any of that I just felt like they maybe could have had sacrifice like, one of those scenes for I maybe think it's important that to show that both of them have life trubs uh yeah I understand what they're doing I understand what they're doing yeah um, I liked it very much, and I think the inciting incident was at the very end when it's revealed that the shield that. Um... Well, sure. I mean, let's let's talk about all that stuff. So at the beginning, at the beginning, Sam, we see Sam. Everybody was so the trailers and the promo shots all show Sam in a suit, looking yep. sort of serious, um, at some sort of official function, and people yep. are like, oh crap did steve die of old age and now yeah. this is giving is this eulogy at his funeral yeah. but no it was just the you know they're sort of um updating the smithsonian exhibit that we saw in winter soldier because yep. it's the same i like that it's there's a lot of the same exhibits and a lot of the same yeah like there's oh great. there's there's the there's the the dummy that um stan lee was supposed to be guarding yes. right the cap <laughs> took the costume the original world war ii costume yeah off. 
Um, they just updated that with they give it a refresh and now the I shield is going to so be there. Fired. Sam yes. gives away the shield. He's giving it and he's like he's giving it to the Smithsonian to yeah. the exhibit. He's saying that you know it doesn't belong to me. It's definitely just Steve's. There's there's you know, a great there's... scene there with him and Rhodey. Yeah, um, as they're walking through the exhibit, talking about what he just did. And, yeah. yeah, I mean. Clearly, what they're clearly what they're, and then at the so end, good. but then at the end, I the, love that they have a functioning and friendship. Now I won't even say relationship; they actually have a yeah, friendship. yeah. And I like that. I mean, we talked even about even though bit. they were at odds across, and literally, like one could say that Falcon paralyzed. Well, there is uh, Rhodey. There, there is, but I mean, I feel like if anybody's going to get over that, it's Rhodey because he's a yeah. career soldier. He understands the concept of like sometimes in battle things happen. There's such a thing as friendly fire. Accidents yeah. happen. Like saying he knows that Sam didn't mean that right yeah plus he had a lot of years to get over it because he didn't get blipped right right so he's that oh, was like that true. was like 10 years ago for him yeah that's um, true so but yeah i mean it's clearly so Continue. at the end the government unveils this new captain america yeah um he comes out so this is john walker he's a character that was sort of a, a replacement captain america for a brief time in the comics before becoming his own character played by wyatt russell who's kurt russell's son yep so now see, both father and son are um, in the mcu i saw someone say that at the end like this is unfair to the guy and you see other photos of him he doesn't look but at the end with this big grin on his face like yeah. that's the most punchable captain america oh, face. <laughs> like yeah. you really want to hit that guy <laughs> i think that was the point but yeah that's exactly that's what they're exactly going the for point. he's supposed yeah. to look like a doof right yeah a now, goofy schmoozer now i've read interviews with him and the, the premise here so he doesn't have powers it's not like they gave him yeah. some leftover just an icon, or yeah. knockoff super soldier serum like they tried to do to bruce banner or the abomination or whatever mm-hmm. uh, he's just a guy but he's like a marine and so on right so so steve was he was he was hmm, it's tricky right because he was a soldier technically also but he was always like a, he was a hero more than he was a soldier mm-hmm. right this guy is a career soldier a career he's like special forces or something so he's you know not to be uncharitable to soldiers but he's a killer right like he's yeah you know certain soldiers have to be right you need someone to do that job but he he's not like the pure-hearted captain america type right yeah with the sort of wide-eyed view of the world he's had to do bad things and he's had to be morally compromised right but he's a he's a he's a career soldier and he's a company man, right? Yep. To that extent, like yep. he's he's been doing this his whole life, and that's why they chose him, right? They yep. didn't they didn't do didn't do the Doctor Erskine thing, where he's like, I don't yep. want a soldier, I want a good man. They wanted a soldier. They wanted someone who would toe the line, who wouldn't go off the reservation like Captain America did, yeah. and become a rebel and a renegade and blow off their helicarriers and, and go off and grow a beard and and be subversive for years, right? Right. They want a guy who's going to like toe the line, right? So he's not to hear, and maybe they're going to turn out. Maybe he's going to turn out to be a bad guy. But I don't think he's supposed to be a bad guy in the comics. He wasn't. He was just, he was a bit of a jerk. Um, but his heart was in the right place. He wanted to do the right thing. He wanted to live up to the Captain America mantle. He's just nobody can, and if anybody can, it's Sam. But nobody can really, and this guy especially, because he's just not built that way. Yep. Right. You don't. You don't get to be picked to be Captain America. Just like you don't get to be picked to be Superman. Right. Not it's not to say there can't be more than one Superman or there can't be more than one Captain America or there can't be more than one Flash or whatever, but it's something that that you know you you can't get tapped for right. Yeah. The one time Batman tried to pick a guy to be the next Batman, that's how you ended up with Jean Paul Valley Batman going out yeah. there and dropping people into molten rock or whatever the hell he did to Abattoir in the in those comics. Like he went totally off the reservation. Yep. You know you don't get to. Mm-hmm. It has to, you have to be made into that, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. through, through circumstance. Yeah. And so 
obviously the conflict that they're setting up here that I feel like you could see a mile away from the initial as soon as you saw oh there's a new Captain America in the trailers Mm -hmm. like oh the government's going to pick this guy he's going to be wrong for the job and for whatever he's going to either get he's either going to be controlled or manipulated or he's going to start doing bad stuff if he's not going to be a bad guy then I feel like it's going to be kind of hard to watch him having this mantle stripped from him yeah. as much as you kind of maybe they're, you're going to want to like boo and hiss at him. If he's actually a good guy deep down, yeah. maybe he gives it up at the end or something. Yeah. But I feel like clearly what they're telegraphing here is that this guy, Sam, doesn't want to be the next Captain America because he doesn't think there can be another Captain America. Right. But he sees that if it's not going to be him, it's going to be somebody who misuses it and doesn't deserve it. Yeah. So if it's got to be anybody, then it then it, it should be me. Yeah. Because at least I feel like I, I can try to I can try to the, live up to it. Yeah. You know? And I was the one that Steve picked, and that maybe that means something. I don't know if I deserve it yet, but I'm at least willing to try to earn it. Right. Instead of just one of these other guys who the government's going to give it to, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then obviously there's the whole race component, which, yeah. no pun intended, colors this entire thing. I mean, there's the whole reason why that bank scene is there. Yes. Where, although although you do see the guy's side where it's like, yeah, our entire financial structure had to be rearranged five years ago when half the human population died. And now all those people are back and filing for all these yes. things and loans and everything. And we just don't, we can't cover all those loans. Right, so I right. can't give you a loan. Um it's logical, yep. but clearly this is supposed to be here comes a black family who, if they weren't black, probably would, under normal circumstances, qualify for a loan, especially when Sam is there. And although he doesn't have a steady income per se, he does have a source of money right. in these government jobs that he gets. And he's a world-renowned celebrity. Yeah. So think of what a PR coup it would be for your bank right. to have this guy as part of your portfolio and right. all these other things. Yep. But, but oh, I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do, right? Yep, exactly. Clearly that's... You know, Min- and clearly yeah. there's a reason why, although the guy, although perhaps the person who was in charge of picking John Walker as the next Captain America was not a racist, it's clearly the show is show is, is drawing a distinction between, oh, sure, if the government is going to choose a more palatable yep. face as mm-hmm. the new Captain America, it's going to be a white dude, right? Obviously, yep. it's going to be yeah. a white dude, yeah. right? So this, this, this black man who comes from like a not so privileged background right. and you know, has all you know was was part of Captain America's like rebel squad for five years, uh, right? Mm-hmm. And has a history of like not towing the line. This is going to be the new fit. We just we just finally got rid of that Rogers guy yeah. as the guy who wouldn't tow the line. Now we got to deal with this guy. Plus he's black. No way, right? Yeah. Like that's you know even if even if nobody's going to say that, that's obviously right what the show is setting up structurally. Um, and then I think Bucky is going to be the the going to be there to be the guy like, and he's. If anybody would be the other natural choice, yep. it would be him. And you could say that perhaps he could be on his way to earning it. And certainly he was Captain America for a time in the comics, as was Sam. Um, but although Bucky might deserve it one day, one could say that he he's, he, he doesn't really deserve it yet. Yeah. He's not even even if he does deserve it, he's not ready for it. Yeah. Whereas I feel like by the end of this, if not now, then then five episodes from now, Sam will be ready for yeah, it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Bucky's still got a ways to go. Exactly. And if there's going to be anybody after Sam, it would probably be him. Yep. If something were to happen to Sam, but you know. And then we've got this whole concept of the Flag Smashers, which I really think it's interesting how both WandaVision and now this are really exploring in a way that the movies didn't really have time to do, although Spider-Man Far From Home kind of had some fun with it. The whole, like, the ramifications of the blip, right? Yes. Um, yes. Because here we're seeing, like, financially what's going on, and then even the scene between Sam and his friend where he's like, oh, you know, all these 
basically the structure, like the world stage changed, right? Like half the half the world's population disappeared. Countries that used to be, and, and there's a lot of this in the scene with Rhodey too, like countries that used to be allies are no enemies, enemies, you know, if you've got a, a rogue nation, but they lose half of their people and half, and the half that happens to disappear happens to be the half that it was in charge. Yeah. That country is now going down the drain unless they make some quick alliances with other countries, yeah, right? Yeah. So you could easily see that there's a bunch of countries that were maybe on America's naughty list for a while there that now, five years later, might be close allies. Mm-hmm. But now is that now that all the people are back, mm-hmm. now is that in danger? So so I reading interviews with the writers and so on, the idea was that over the five years, you're like, yeah, half the people died, disappeared. That was terrible. But the world was actually, you know, in a way, Thanos <laughs> kind of actually did make things better for the people that survived because the world was more unified and yep. safer mm-hmm. at the end of those five years than it was at the beginning. Right. But now all those people come back. There's the potential for things to be even worse than they were before the blip because now it's just chaos, right? Right. And you've got this group of flag smashers who, who I guess don't really either don't like the fact that all the people came back or you know see where it's going. They're like, no, the world was becoming more unified. We yep. need to go even further and abolish all borders and tear down all of the old structures, even right. if it means kicking some butts and killing potentially killing some people, right? Yep. But that's like an interesting concept for a villain or a group of villains uh-huh. that couldn't exist if it wasn't for the blip. Yeah. So obviously there's two two major characters that we haven't seen yet, Sharon Carter and Zemo. Yep. Is Zemo going to be part of the Flag Smashers? It doesn't really seem like his MO. Is no, he going to I, like, I think he's going to be his own agent some again. old rogue, Some other rogue agent, or maybe he tries to manipulate them. I've seen some people say maybe he's like manipulating the U.S. government in some way to besmirch mm. the Captain America name. Or he's got some plan, like maybe he's secretly the power behind John Walker in some way. Um, we'll see. I also want to say that I really like the music because this is this is Henry Jackman who did the score for Winter Soldier and Civil War. And I mm-hmm. love the score for Winter Soldier particularly. Um, and he's doing this. And in a lot of ways, the action sequences, the first half of this episode really feels like more Winter Soldier. Yeah, like it's it does, not the same yeah. director. It's not the Russo brothers, obviously. Um but it's really it's you got the characters and you got yep. the music, mm-hmm. Falcon's theme, which he established in Winter Soldier and was used actually throughout the other movies. One of the few times when, aside from the main Avengers theme and here and there Captain America's theme, where they actually kept a theme because like Hulk, Iron Man, Thor, their chi- their themes would change from movie to movie. Yeah. Every time they got a new movie, they'd give them a different theme, which really bugged me. Um, but it's here that they keep that. So at the end, so so place your bets now. At the end. Assuming Sam becomes Captain America at the end. Yeah. Do we get a reprise of the Alan Silvestri Captain America theme? Do they give him that mm. theme? Or is it still going to be the Falcon theme? Or is it going to be some new theme? Or what do you think? I think uh, um, I'm going to say it's a merge of the two. They're going to have to. I think they're going to have to play it. Yeah. In its actual original full glory at least once. They're going to. Even if it doesn't end up sticking for him in his future appearances. Mm-hmm. Although it would be nice. That that would be a nice way of having like a, a through line, right? Like this is this is that was not the Steve Rogers theme, although one could argue that it was because it would play for him even before he became Captain America, and when he True. wasn't technically Captain America anymore, it would still play. Um, but if that's the Captain America theme, yeah, and it plays no matter who is Captain America, yeah, right. Yeah. But obviously, it's not going to play for John Walker. <laughs> He's no. going to come out, and it's going to be some other. Like, <laughs> it's going to be like the Lex Luthor theme. <laughs> it's going to be like the Lex Luthor and Otis theme from Superman the movie. Yes. It's gonna be like the most derpy theme you could. It's gonna be like yakety sax. Yes. Slow down. Yeah, but but I think that would be nice to to put that in there because clearly they're 
they have access to that music. It's not mm-hmm. like, like, oh, we can't afford to pay the rent. It's literally the same composer. And sure. he used that theme in those movies already. So. Yes. And he did yeah. use it here, too. I wonder what Bucky's theme is going to be. Well, we heard it. We heard the Winter Soldier theme. It's that it's that sort of like atonal screeching sound that played during the flash. Yeah, but that's, that's the Winter Soldier. What's Bucky's he, theme? He you didn't have I mean? a theme. Like, but he didn't have a theme before he became Winter Soldier. I think that's it. I mean, I agree with you. That's more like the evil Hydra-controlled Winter Soldier theme. Yes. But maybe they're going to give him his own theme here. He hasn't had one yet. It's always, you know, it's it's been that. And in the scenes well, when he the movies they hired the he, right composer. The movies where he wasn't that evil Winter Soldier anymore. He just didn't have his own musical statement. It just you know, yeah. it was just whatever other music happened to be playing at the time. But, yeah, yeah. But I did. They, but I like that they did bring that back for the flashback or his dream or whatever that sequence was here. They did because that's such a creepy, like, oh yeah, immediately unsettling, and you immediately yeah. remember, yeah. like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. like you, 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 I could play that and be like, oh, that's Winter Soldier, right? Like you know that it's such a such an interesting musical statement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was really good. I mean, slight quibbles with with pacing aside, and those might go away when we see more episodes. I'm like, oh, I see what they were doing. Like the pacing just needed to ramp up organically or whatever. It's hard to say after only watching. Because I feel like this more than WandaVision was structured in such a specific way. Mm-hmm. This, I feel like, is structured as like a six-part, what is essentially like a, a four-hour movie. Like, a you know, a six-part yes. movie. Yeah, absolutely. So you're essentially watching one-sixth of a movie and saying, I don't know, not enough happened. But, <laughs> but, yeah. But, but. For me, in, enough happened. But in fairness, in fairness, they chose to release it weekly as a TV series. Sure. So if you're going to put it out there in that format. You're asking people to judge it by that format, and if sure. and if they feel and if you feel after one episode that it had these structural problems, you can't say, "Well, you got to watch the whole thing." No, that's what you know. Each episode right. has to stand on its own. Each issue of a comic book has For to stand on its own. For me, it did. I know. I know. It's a difference I, of opinion. I, re- I liked it. I really, I, did. I really liked it. But I felt like, unlike WandaVision, which was doing such its own thing, this was so much of like a Marvel movie as a TV show. Yeah. That I felt like the pacing didn't quite fit the format as well as it did for WandaVision. Obviously, apples and oranges in terms of what that format is, but for what it was trying to do, I feel like it didn't quite nail it as much as WandaVision did. Yep. Because, the you know, it doesn't, they don't, they're trying to do two different things, but you have to succeed at what you're trying to do, not what the other show was trying to do. Like, sure. WandaVision was five out of five at what it was trying to do from the beginning. This, I would say, is like four out of five at what this is trying to do, which is basically to be like the Winter Soldier, but with more family drama yep. on TV, right? So I have a question for you, too, because now the MMA artist, the the French terrorist that was in the beginning. Batroc Zilliper. You, you know his name? That's great. Um, well, he was in the he was in the amazing action sequence at the very beginning of the episode. And so my question to you is he clearly escaped all of the explosions that uh, resulted. <laughs> yeah. So are we going to see him again? I'm sure we'll see him again eventually. I don't know if we're going to see him again here. I just think that they want to have a few characers that they can trot out as sure. like that was semi-recurring like a little nostalgia. Like, oh, we, let's throw like, in a hey, bit. Let's, this let's throw in some, no good. some yeah. kidnapper or mercenary here that, that the audience will recognize. Oh, let's let's Fair. have it be Crossbones or Batrock. Or like they, they, they don't have, because they kill off these villains so frequently. Yeah. It's useful to have a few that they can throw in as like, oh, here's a guy you know. Like just, just yep. so you're not completely like, wait, who are these new people? Like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, we know him. He's like a bad guy and he's like, mm-hmm. you know all you need to know. So mm-hmm. it's helpful to have a couple of those guys just sort of floating around your universe that you can deploy yep. a shorthand, yep. you know? Like, mm-hmm. oh, here's the guy. He f- does flippy dips and he's French, right? Like that's all you need to know yep. about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's good. That's it for our shows. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you want to reach out, we have an email address, mailbag at smartspodcast.com. Our Twitter handle is at smartspodcast. Our Facebook is facebook.com slash smartspodcast. And um, our website is www.smartspodcast.com. How about a funny sound for us? I don't have one. How about Red Wing Go? 
Good job. Thanks.